Welcome to the latest episode of Shrews Views in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man. My name's Johnny Drury and as ever, I'm joined by the number one salad man, the salad correspondent for the shop star, Ollie Westbury, who's fresh off a weekend of FA Cup magic. Oh, how's things going, my friend? You all right? I'm good, mate. I am very well indeed. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. We just uh, just have to explain that we're recording this this podcast. I'm at home. Ollie's at home. Now, Ollie's might have a little bit of sound interference with a howling dog in the background. And I've also got a nine-month-old puppy sitting next to me who's sitting very nicely at the moment listening to the salad chat. But if he does start to bark, we're going to leave it in for a bit of comedic value. Um, so there you go. You might have a little bit of dog interference on both ends. But along with the um, the howling and the barking, well, hopefully not the howling and the barking, we'll have some... So all thing, we'll be chatting all things salad. Looking back at, at Saturday, that superb win over over Peterborough, which, you know, some might have seen coming, but not quite as emphatic as it was in the end. Um, we'll be looking at some of the stories from last week. Uh, this was an impromptu podcast. We only discussed doing it last night, me and also, unfortunately, I haven't got any of your questions, um, but we'll look ahead to, to Saturday, which is uh, another big game for Salop as they return to league action. Uh, but we'll just reflect on the FA Cup. We'll spend a little bit of time doing that now, Ol. Um, I'm sure you didn't really expect it to go as it did on, on Saturday. Peter being one of the big sides in the league, were you sort of shocked? 3-1 three, uh, three, up and well, dreaming at half-time? Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, yeah, it, it was a little bit, you know... I mean, I, I used the famous cliche. It's so famous, isn't it? The cliche of the London buses. But, yeah. you know, we wait ages for a goal and then three come in 45 minutes. Um, but it was... Um, it was all good stuff. Um, it was good. And Shrewsbury were good value for it in the first half, to be fair. Um, very good value for it. Um, they played well. They were clinical. They passed it around nicely. Uh, they got it down and they played, which was probably by contrast to the game that we saw at Sheffield Wednesday the week before, where it was a little bit more workmanlike. Um, but, you know, it shows that they can kind of change it up between styles. Um, so, yeah, first half was... You know, it was it was a good it was a good half of football, and they could have had a few more. In fairness, if we look at it in in that kind of detail, they, you know, Taylor Moore had had an effort where he he kind of knocked it towards goal. Bayliss had another effort inside the inside the penalty area, which he ballooned into the away fans. So, you know, it could quite easily have been three, four, or maybe even uh, you know five if they would have been clinical. But I suppose that never happens, does it? You're never going to take all every single one of your chances. So. Yeah, it was a good half of football for Shrewsbury, a very good half. Um, and the boss would have been pleased at half time because, you know, it must be hard for those players to keep churning out those performances week after week and not really getting any reward for it. So it's good to see them go in with a two goal cushion. Yeah, they certainly didn't leave it long to get their rewards. That um, It's just that Shipley Bayless link up. I'd love to know the stats behind it now, but a great ball in a Bayless. Uh, what a goal that was. I, I watched it back on the highlights, but it d- d- didn't show like a highlight on the highlights. It almost looked like it was, I don't know if it was caught on the volley or it was caught on just on the half volley, but it was some goal. That's probably the best goal I've seen at the Meadow this season, just from being at the ground and, and watching it back. But it was a great start. And, and how important are they, them two being, oh, certainly that link-up. Obviously, they've played together before. I think it was at Coventry. Um, they've just been so, that partnership's been so lucrative for Salah this season, hasn't it? It has, yeah. It has indeed. I think, I think when Bayliss... <laughs> When Bayliss plays well, Shrewsbury play well, and Shrewsbury look really, really threatening. I think the more that they can get him on the ball, he's that player that Shrewsbury have that has got that real bit of quality, especially in advanced areas. 
Um, so I think that yeah, it's so important that 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 he they can try and get him on the ball. But Shipley's just got great delivery, hasn't he? He gets it on the left. He's probably actually done done better, I'd hazard to say, at wing back since he's gone a little bit deeper. I feel like at that point you you kind of as a wing back you kind of you're facing play rather than at times if you play on the left or you're playing the ten, you got your back to goal, and he just like seems to find himself out on that wing, and he just. He just puts in good crosses. He puts in good crosses. Um, so, you know, you know, the pair of them are, are doing really well. Um, it's not very often Shrewsbury score and one of them's not involved in some way, shape yeah. or form. They always seem to be either putting the ball in the box or or something like that. So, you know, it's one of those really for, for town. They'll be... Um, They'll be pleased that those two are doing well, but they'd probably like um, you know the strikers to chip in a little bit more if if at all possible. It's almost like you read my script that I've got in front of me, Al, because my next question, well, my next point was going to be a, a positive and then a little bit of a negative, sort of wrapped into that. Matthew Pennington now, I think he's Shrewsbury's top goal scorer. He scored a hell of a, a, a sort of instinctive striker's finish um, to make it two nil on Saturday. Um, but I'm sure that Steve Cox would like to see his strikers putting them away rather than his, his centre-halves, although it is a bonus. Yeah, he's joint top scorer, with uh, along with Leahy. It's across all competitions, along with Leahy, Bayliss and Shipley. So I think we've got four players, all, all that have scored four goals. Um, that was a great finish by Pennington. I, th- I think when a set piece goes in, it doesn't matter who gets on the end of it, as long as it's as long as it ends up in the bo- in the back of the net. I think that. But yeah. You know, it's a difficult one because you know Sadie hasn't scored. I think it, I think you were covering for me because I was probably off because <laughs> I haven't seen Sadie score yet. Um, was it Burton? Westbury on holiday? What are you on about? Burton, I've got some more coming up. Um, <laughs> was it Burton Albion? Could have been, yeah, yeah, really yeah well. Burton Albion. Um, I think maybe it wasn't all that's <laughs> covering me, but he scored then in the home game when they won. That was a good goal, um, and. Yeah, he's not he's not really scored since then. But I don't I don't think that takes anything away from his actual play. Um, I think he's very good, and I think he offers so much more to the team. Um, I think in a in in his previous role at Bournemouth, I think he's played a little bit deeper, and you can really see that. I think at times he's played in the ten, and you can see that like you know, he kind of comes to get the ball to to feed. He uses his yeah. strength, he uses his body, so you can kind of see that he has played. A little bit deeper and perhaps that's you know his natural instincts to come and get it there was a moment in this in the first half on saturday where where steve cottrell was absolutely screaming at him to get into the box um and maybe that's just you know something that he's going to have to continue to work on as part of his like development as a young player i mean you don't expect a young player to be the full package at this age do you they're, they're, you know they'll have things to learn on but in terms of his touch and his overall play his hold up play his strength it's really good he just you know he's not missing chances in fairness to him he's not like he's not like keep ballooning them over the bar or you know he's not usually the one he's usually the person who who creates them for somebody else or is involved in the link up playing the build up so you know yeah i'm sure Shrewsbury would love a striker to score a goal but i think as long as they pick up points i don't think it really matters too much where where they where those goals and where those points come from yeah well peter hit back in the uh, in the game didn't they and then Shrewsbury went 3-1 up at the break, another captain's penalty finish from from Luke Leahy. Um, you probably you've already touched on it all, but it was just it felt like a culmination of of performances that have been building for a, for a little while. Um, with Shoes being such a, a commanding 
position at the break. How, just overall, as, the, as a result, really, how much of a boost is that for, for Salop and Steve Cottrell against a side like Peterborough? Because, you know, there has been frustrations in recent weeks that the performances have been there, but just the results have been sort of lacking. And you can put that down to some of the, maybe there's some of the players that are out at the moment. But what will that do? For, should, this should be a catalyst now, shouldn't it, for, for Salop going forward? I know things are stacked against them, but it shows that in that sort of adversity and with players missing, they can still produce results like that. Well, yeah, I think one thing you know that you're going to get with, with Shrewsbury is they're going to be in every game, pretty much. They might not win every game. They might not get a point in every game, but they will be competitive in every single game they play in. I think there's only Ipswich this season that I'd say that they've really, um, that I've been to, I think maybe maybe Cheltenham as well, but they've really not turned up. Um, so, you know, as, as a general as a general rule, you know that you're going to turn up to watch the minimum, the minimum, even if they're hopeless on the ball, they can't string a pass together, but the minimum that you're going to get is a resolute, determined, resilient kind of display from Steve Cottrell's team. You know that that's going to happen. So they're always going to be in games because defensively they're pretty strong. They keep teams out um, and they've got fairly solid foundations. You, I mean, Pennington, Flanagan and Dunkley are forming quite quite the partnership at the back, pretty much like, you know, you, you don't even need to look at the, the team sheet. You just know that those three guys are going to play, don't you? I mean, this it goes the same for quite a lot of players, to be fair. You just know that they're going to play. Um, so, yeah, it's important that Town picked up and got some reward for it, just I think just to give them a boost more than anything, because... You know, there's only so long you can keep saying good performances, good performances, but not getting a result and having the chances that they had. Um, no, they're welcome relief then, really, isn't it? That result just easy. Yeah, not not easy as pressure, but like you said, it just stops you coming out and keep keep saying good performances, good performance. Yeah, I think one thing that we have to bear in mind is the run of fixtures that they have been on. They've been hard fixtures. I was writing it yesterday and I think it was Portsmouth away. Plymouth away, Sheffield Wednesday away, Cholton at home, Barnsley at home. I mean, they're they're all sides that you wouldn't be expecting Shrewsbury to get results against. They could well get results against them, and they've got got a point on a couple of occasions. But but they're not they're not games where you think right, okay, we've got a chance of winning this one today. You're kind of thinking, well, if we can get a draw, that'll be a good result. Um, so I think it's one of those things really for for Town. Um, you know, it's been a tough run of fixtures um, and it feels like they just keep on coming. I know there's Lincoln this weekend, but then, you know, we've got Peterborough coming up again um, in the not too distant future. So, you know, it's one of those things where they're just going to have to keep building, Shrewsbury, keep building. And um, one thing that we should probably touch on um, about Saturday's game was was of the Marco Morosi mistake, which was, a, which was a bit of a shame for him. Personally, I feel like he's been pretty good so far this year. Maybe potentially could have done a touch better in the goal goal away at Plymouth, but when you're a goalkeeper, there is absolutely no hiding place for you whatsoever, is there? And uh, you know that was an unfortunate mistake that led to a goal. But Shrewsbury again bounced back from it. You know they didn't let that bother them. It was one-one after taking the lead early. The last thing they would have wanted was to uh, kind of have a goal, let one in fairly short, fairly soon after, um, but they bounced back from it really well. And I think we can afford Marco Morosi a mistake because in the main, he's been pretty good this year. Um, and goalkeepers are always going to make a couple of errors a season that are going to lead to goals. I think that just happens, doesn't it? Unless you're 
I mean, even you look at the, the, the best goalkeepers, I mean, there's, there's been some right clangers going on at the World Cup, hasn't there? There certainly has. I heard someone, a pundit talking, I don't know if it was on Talksport, where you'll get you'll get one. Goalkeepers can give them one, themselves one clanger a season. So, you know, that can be Marco Morosi's one for the season, boxed off and ticked off. Um, well, early-ish doors by sort of the end of November. Um, just, uh, just finally sticking with a, a couple of Peterborough, uh, Peterborough topics. Um, sort of a game of two hours from what I was reading and listening. I listened to a bit of it. I was working from home. Listened to a bit of it on um, on Radio Shropshire. Um, did, where, you, did, you, did, you did you spot the bit midway through the commentary in the first half where Dunny had a right flap on because Elliot Bennett had to go for a wee during? Commentary? I didn't. No, I didn't. Well, they flipped. It's weird. Salop fans will know this, but if you listen to it on BBC Sounds, it sort of flits back and two between Telford and Shrewsbury. So I didn't really have all the commentary, but but yeah, that I'm sure that was a, yeah. <laughs> a funny but moment. Dunny had a right flap on, yeah. Bless him. Have to get a, have to get a big bottle in the uh, in the press <laughs> because it, I, I will vouch it is difficult to uh, difficult to get out. Uh, actually, I'm just going to sidetrack on this point. We, we haven't really covered Chef Wednesday because it was a while ago, but I was alongside all at Chef Wednesday last last Dream week. Team. Dream team. It was freezing. The weather was crap. But Sheffield Wednesday is like the pinnacle of like looking after the press. Like the scram, the, the league one. The, sorry, the league one. Yeah, what did I say? Just the pinnacle in general. The, oh, the pinnacle. No, no, it's not the pinnacle in general. It, it, like football pinnacle. League one, scram. Unbelievable. We've told the Shrewsbury media guys they've got to, got to just ramp it up a little bit more, haven't they? The pressure's on them a little bit now. Well, it's interesting you say that because I'm not sure. I, I, I quite like the pre-match pie that we get at Shrewsbury. I could it is good. It is good. I'll give them that. A warm room to work in. <laughs> Got to the ground at half past 12 <laughs> on Saturday and I was probably tapping away on my laptop until probably half six. And I Yeah, and we know how much you don't like the cold because you're, you're sort of summer summer sportsman with your, with your cricket hat on, aren't you? But, um, but yeah, I just thought I'd, uh, I'd, I'd interject that in there. But just going back to Peterborough... Um, Game of two halves almost, from what I can read. And the, the second half was more of the sort of salad that we've seen in recent weeks, the grit, the determination and uh, and, and seeing out the result. Yeah, it was. Um, it was interesting because it was so windy. It was cr- like absolutely probably the worst. Well, Matthew Pennington said after the game, it was the worst it's been so far this season. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting in itself, isn't it? That it was so windy. And I think you often saw the ball being cleared and it... And, and defenders getting ready to head it and it just blowing away from them. So instead of actually heading it, it would like hit them on the knee, um, which is something you don't often see in professional football where, you know, the, the, they, the players misjudged the ball, but it was causing, it was causing havoc, to be honest, the wind was. So it felt like they were, Shrewsbury were with the wind in the first half and they were against the wind in the second. Um, so yeah, they kind of switch, switch modes really. And they, they, you know they had a lead, and you know that that they they had something to hold on to, and you know, we know how well they defend. Um, we know how well they defend. But the visitors did have posh, did have a couple of chances, to be honest. Um, but I, I wasn't particularly impressed with them, considering they're fourth in the league. I, I didn't think they were. Yeah, in the first half, they were. I was, I was thinking I had to du- double take where they were in the league. Um, Peterborough in that first half. I'm not sure whether it was it was the conditions or whether Shrewsbury were just really good, but Peterborough just did not turn up. But they were better in the second half. They did have a few chances. Uh, they didn't take them though. I'm afraid. Well, not afraid because that's good for us. But there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
an interesting one for, 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 for Shrewsbury. Good that they managed to see it out. And to be honest, as the half, I found that as the half went on, they looked less and less like getting an equaliser, almost like they knew they'd need to. I don't think either side wanted a replay. We certainly didn't want to have to go back to, <laughs> have to go to Peterborough twice in a week. No, um, certainly so, not. Yeah. That was uh, that was where that was where it was at really. Yeah, no, it was a good result, and and it we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and, and we've probably done it to death. But you know, with the players that are out, it's those performances, doesn't it? It, it makes you think that if they can beat Peterborough three-one with a threadbare sort of side, it makes you think what they can do when they've got a few of these players back, or I'm sure Steve Cottrell will want to add to his squad in in January if if. Um, if he's allowed to, given that he's got sort of two longer term absentees as well. But if he gets three of them players back, you know, Shoesby can, and, you know, gives him a better chance of making these results more consistent, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Does I mean, what you, you take, you take five guaranteed starters, probably four guaranteed starters. I'm not sure Julian DaCosta and Elliot Bennett wouldn't both play, would they? So four guaranteed starters out of, and probably your best players as well. Out of there, there goes the dog. You've got a bit of dog in it. My dog's just left. Actually, he was. Getting, he must have been getting a bit of bored with the salop chat. But yeah, yeah. There you can hear a bit of a howling dog in the background at all. Yes, yeah. but you take you take four starters out of any team, probably bar Man City. Then you, it's not it's not going to affect you in a positive way, is it? So, you know, one of them one of them for Shrewsbury. Um, that who knows where they could be. Um, you know, if they had these players available to them, but they don't, but they're doing well to be as competitive as they are, considering the position that they, they find themselves in at the moment. Yeah. No, they've done, um, they've done really well. Just um, on the draw, I'm sure you watched the FA Cup draw last night, of course, on Tuesday did. morning. Who did you want? Who did you want? And, and what did you think of the draw? I wanted, I wanted a big, a big away day. I wasn't too bothered where. Um, but then again, having said that, I watched it with my dad, and uh, it was interesting because a few a few Middlesbrough came up, and I was like, "Oh God, please no!" Oh, and then, yeah. So, so then it's like, well, you can't be too picky, can you, really? Um, but yeah. So, who did I want? I, I was, you know, when Man United, Everton, and Newcastle were still in the draw at the end, I was thinking, "Oh." Could it be? Could it be? But obviously, no. Sunderland at home, which I don't think is a bad tie, purely in the sense that I think we might have a chance to to, to get through, um, you know. Um, but but in terms of excitement for fans and you know FA Cup ties they've got in the past, it's not it's not really been. I it's not probably not an ideal tie. I mean, a lot of the comments when I tweeted it out last night, I got a lot of comments saying boring. Um, which, <laughs> which kind of tells you where Shrewsbury's fans are, and I suppose don't forget last year Sunderland were actually a League One side, weren't they? So was it last year they got promoted? Sunderland was, yes. Um, but they'll be a, it'd be a tough game, won't it? Because Tony Mowbray's a good manager in charge of those at the moment, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I, I must admit, I thought the show. I, what I turned it on at seven o'clock, and I thought the the the, the half an hour show was absolutely painful watching I was I want to put pins in my eyes watching it <laughs> I don't know what you thought about it Ugh. well they put the draw on don't they you say it starts at seven o'clock so you expect a couple of minutes of chat but I was actually recording a different podcast at half six last night for about 35 40 minutes and I knew that I didn't have to log on to, to watch the draw until about 20 past seven because they just sort of 
end up talking to every Tom, Dick and Harry before the draw, don't they? But just on... Quite, um, quite like it when they talk about the local. The local, the local, the local like, clubs, yeah. Just really. Big ones away. Like, we hear about Liverpool every day in every newspaper, <laughs> on every TV channel. No one cares about Liverpool. Sorry. <laughs> Westbury's Westbury's FA Cup rants. Um, just on a serious point, I, I suppose the one thing Steve Cox will be happy with is a home tie as well, which which helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. home tie. Um, more money in the coffers for Shrews. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be good. They can you know a bit of an atmosphere at the Meadow. Hopefully, FA Cup weekend against Sunderland. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed they can get a good a good attendance. Attendances have been down a little bit in in the cup games. Um, I'm not sure if that's a that's that's a normal trend. Obviously, with it being my first season covering the club or covering any club of that in, in that, um, so I'm not sure if that's a normal thing. But yeah, feels as though um, attendances are down in the FA Cup. I think it was three thousand or just below three thousand on on Saturday, which is uh, a little bit low when the, the average league attendance probably between five and six thousand so far this season. So yeah. Um, they'd like we'd like to think that in the third round you might might get a couple more a couple of that couple more thousand and get it up towards what what might be, you know, a league attendance, um, which the team will need to try and you know get behind them and shoot them sure Sunderland will bring a few, won't they? Because they they they've got quite a big following. Yeah, yeah. Um, time for an advert now. The Shrews News podcast here at the Shop Stars brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toast Man based in Briley Hill. They've got so many good offers on. And you know we've heard all about the Black Friday deal. You can't move for Black Friday deals anyway. Turn on your internet, Black Friday deals, Black Friday deals. Catlin Toasterman doesn't have any Black Friday deals, but he doesn't have any because he's got deals on all year round on a number of products, a load of kitchen stuff, so many good products. I keep saying I'm going to get myself an air fryer and I still haven't got around to doing it. Um, but if you want anything, you know, Christmas period's coming up, need to buy something for your loved one. Head over there. He's got loads and loads of products, a massive range to buy from. Head to the kettleandtoasterman.co.uk or go, if you want to go in store, pick it up yourself, head to Thorns Road in Brawley Hill. Do they do um, plates, Johnny? Do they do what, sorry? Plates. Probably. I, I, haven't, I haven't searched that deep, to be honest. Is that, is that, is that what you've got on your list? I'm to buy? I'm not, I'm not, it's, on my, it's on my Santa list. It's on your Santa list, is it? Well, head along to, you never know, head along with those salad fans, those listeners across to the Kettle and Toaster Man um, and see what he's got on offer. Right, we're going to go through some of the, just briefly before we look, talk about Lincoln, before we, um, we leave you salad fans, we're going to talk about some of the, the issues Away, oh, sorry, I'm just trying to get the dog down now. He must be interested in talking about these topics. Um, first one, Charlie Caton's gone on loan to Chester. I believe he scored on Saturday. Um, Chester fans sort of waxing lyrical about his display and their victory. Um, good to see, really, all because his chances were a little bit limited at Shrewsbury, weren't they? And hopefully he'll come back, um, well, come back a better player and, uh, and certainly with more experience. Yeah, but it's only going to benefit him, isn't it, going out and getting some minutes as a young player? Um, and you just you're only going to learn by playing and playing week in week out. So you know it's important for him to go out and play. Uh, great to see him going out and doing well because it's men's football, isn't it? Um, so that's a positive sign for Shrewsbury um, and getting goals and getting assists. I'm sure as we follow his progress, it, hopefully he'll carry on doing that. But you know it's a really good sign for Shrews that um, that Charlie Caton's gone out on loan and doing well. So it's a it's a good example. Um, for everybody, so 
yeah, hopefully he can keep that up. And, you know, maybe in a few weeks, I'll try and catch up with one of the reporters up north to see to see how he's getting on to kind of bring a bit of a report on 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 how his performances have been. Um, it's a 28 day initial loan. Is, is there any indication it might be be longer than that at all, all that they might sort of leave him there for late for more of the season? Um, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, it's not something I'm aware of, um, but probably one for me to chase up and ask. I'd expect that if he's doing well, um, I don't see what the harm is. But actually, I don't. It's not my decision, is it? So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't see what the harm is. You know, he's probably not. He's probably unlikely to play um, at town. But you know, that'll depend on what happens at Shrewsbury, how many injuries there are, and how much he impresses. I suppose if they yeah. think he might be ready or not. No, it'd be interesting to see. Good luck with to, to Charlie. Keep it up. Keep up the good work there at the Diva Stadium. Um, we're gonna, I'm just going to touch on some some Elliot Bennett comments. Um, he was on Radio Shropshire on, on Saturday. I managed to listen to, to some of it. And it's a story that's made the, the back page of the Shropshire Star today, Ollie, from yourself. Um, talking about, sort of waxing lyrical about Steve Cottrell, really, and how much he's enjoying working under Cottrell and how everything's sort of simple and black and white and the players know where they stand and sort of, without saying a word, older-fashioned, which is, you know, one of the old-school managers who are still in the game at the moment and and... He talked a lot about the detail that they put in, you know, and, and, and just that the players, everyone knows where they stand. And it's just, you know, he, he was just very complimentary, wasn't he, is what I'm trying to get across. And it shows that, you know, Elliot Bennett, probably one of the, probably the most experienced player in that Salop side, given where he's played most of his career, um, just shows how much Cotswold sort of respected and, and the players are happy with the job he's doing. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think, it, I think that, I mean, I, I thought those comments were quite fascinating, actually. Um, you know about his management style um and you know that he's direct and he likes to give you know his feedback is very easy to for for the players to understand where he's at um i found it in- interesting that i think elliot actually said that he he believes that he's among one of the last kind of pl- type of players that that like it like that and that you know they're getting into more of a you know a, a, as the game's evolving it's probably not that kind of feedback is a little bit more uncommon um, but yeah, it was just interesting on his management styles and, you know, comments of that you don't, you don't, you don't manage over 800 professional games without, you know, doing something right, which is, you know, a very valid point. I thought they were really interesting comments from, from Elliot Bennett. And I think, to be honest, all the players at Shrewsbury speak very complimentary of the manager. Um, you, you know, I think they, they all speak very complimentary of him. So, you know. Um, that, that's a positive. That's only a positive that, you know, they all seem to work for him. They all seem to follow his game plans and, you know, they all seem to put in a shift even when the odds are stuck, in, you know, against them. So, you know, it, it's only really a positive thing. Um, but it, interesting that with all the managers that Elliot Bennett must have worked under, I mean, Cottrell signed him twice now, hasn't he, as well, um, that, 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 yeah, he's still, he's still, still a big, big fan. Yeah, just on another uh, another loanee, uh, as we were talking about Charlie Kate and there. Kay Craig went to to Telford on loan, but um, he's had a he's had to return to shoot with a shoulder injury. Really big, bit of a blow, really for the for the youngster. It would have been good for him to sort of carry on getting experience out there. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think he's going to be out for a while as well. I bumped into him last week at the Shrewsbury Under 18s game. Uh, he came down to watch, and I was chatting to him a little bit. And he, yeah, I think he's uh, 
must be uh, very deflating for him. Obviously, he's probably played what two or three games on loan at at, at Telford, um, who would who aren't doing the best at the moment, are they? Bless him. Um, but yeah, no, uh, he's now out of action for the foreseeable. I think he was I think he was having surgery at some point uh, last week, I think. Um, and then you know he's uh, he, yeah he's got his recovery. So we'll, we'll see how long that's going to take. Um, dislocated shoulder can be a you know serious injury so it's a blow for him he's gone out alone to get some minutes and get some football and but it's part of the game isn't it unfortunately that is what happens you get injured um, injuries can happen so it's one of those things where um, you know he just have to dust himself down and, and kind of just try and get on with it as much as he can yeah so we wish him well in his uh, in his recovery um, yeah, just on just on one other other point, Steve Cox will give an update on Dan Udo and George Nurse. They're on their sort of long-term recoveries from ACL injuries. Um, seems to be good news, really. All they're they're making good progress. Yeah, but I don't think it means I wouldn't read into anything about it suggesting I don't think it means they're going to be back any earlier. I yeah. just think I just think he made things it are going better. okay. Yeah, things are going as probably the club expect them to be going at this moment in time, and actually that they're on good form, which is perhaps maybe the most important thing. Um, you know, when you're out of the team for as long as they are out of the team for, you know, it must be a lonely place, you know, keep doing your gym stuff every day and you go and see the lads going out and training and kicking the ball around and, you know, you're stuck in the gym watching and pretty helpless. Um, so that must be something that's very difficult for those guys to kind of get their heads around. But he, he kind of said he spent some time in the gym with them and that the, that they were doing well. They were in a positive frame of mind and, you know, I suppose the one the one thing that we've said like repeatedly is that the benefit of the fact that both do it is at least they've got each other to recover with it um and they're not you know they're not all on their own so you know positive positive for shrews um that they're making progress but I, like i say i don't think it means that it's certainly not an update that means i expect them to be back any sooner i think the timeline still remain the same um so yeah we're just gonna have to to, to wait and see how they go on that one. We know how long ACL injuries are. They're, they are long. Yeah, they're um, yeah, they certainly are. Well, well, best of luck to the to the pair of them. Hopefully, there'll be another sort of progress update in a few months or so. Um, we do really wish them well. Right, finally, um, we're just going to touch a little bit on on Lincoln on Saturday. Only twelve thirty kickoff. I believe it was moved for the. For either England or Wales's progression, but it looks like England are going to play on Sunday now, and it doesn't look like Wales are going to get through. But um, Salah will play at twelve thirty. I know a few other sides have um, have changed their games. At least we'll get home a little bit earlier. I suppose that's a bit of a bonus, isn't it? Um, but but another big game, you know, returning to league action, and and like we've already said, it'll just be wanting to um, Steve Cox or wanting to take that league that cup performance or that cup form into the league now. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, firstly, can I say that um, I'm absolutely buzzing that it's a 12.30 kickoff. Because, <laughs> um, uh, as you know, on a Saturday night, it means that um, three o'clock kickoffs mean I end up working till close to midnight every Saturday night. But the 12.30 kickoff uh, just gives me that little bit extra grace. You know? Be able to watch Strictly this weekend. Be able to watch Strictly, have a takeaway, <laughs> live in the high life. Um, so, yeah. Um, of course, they will want to take the result from last week um, into into next week's game. Um, it's weird because 
even if they don't get a result this weekend, it still feels positive, even though like on Saturday, it'd be seven without a win, but it still feels positive because you know that Shrewsbury aren't that far away. Uh, well, that's how I feel anyway. I feel like they're not that far away. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the idea behind it is they've got to try and back it up again, haven't they? They've got to try and back it up because yeah, it, they've done well in the cup last week, but they're back to the league now and, you know, we need, we need league points. So one of them for town really they just they would really really want to if they can to try and uh try and back that up and and and, and get a result on saturday against lincoln and you know in in a game that you would say on paper without uh meaning any disrespect to lincoln looks more of a winnable clash than the last one which was sheffield wednesday away who were riding the wave uh in really good form so yeah a game that potentially is more winnable and yeah. you know the dream team are back together aren't they on saturday dream team are back together when the dream team have been in the meadow this season shoes we have won every game so you know just saying three points in the bag to start up on saturday um, so that only, that only one game though and we only been there together like once twice i think twice twice yeah so you know two out of two we'll take that i know it's small yeah. numbers but um hopefully three out of three come 3.30 or so, whatever time it'll be on uh, on Saturday. Salat fans, thank you very much for listening to Shrew's Views once again. It was a great weekend last weekend and hopefully Steve Cottrell's men can take their FA Cup form into the league as Lincoln head to Shropshire on Saturday. Um, so if you want to listen to the Shrew's Views podcast, it's available on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple. And again, thanks for listening. And until next time, from me and Ollie, goodbye.